0: Discussing Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about all things Trek. Star Trek's official Twitter account must be listening in because they recently tweeted about something that's so on the nose, we had to talk about it. Today we're going to talk, I discuss the recent villain bracket released by Star Trek's official Twitter account asking, what do you think is the best Star Trek villain? Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Slash Trekkies, starting with
1: none other than the Who story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? Hey, doing pretty good. I'm kind of following up with what you said. This was actually fun to do, especially since you and I just talked about comparing Doctor Who villains and Star Trek villains, and I'm interested to see if you guys come up with the same things I did. So, very glad to be here. Yeah, man. It should be fun to hash this out. As you know, <laughs> I think
0: before I was saying, do we really have villains in Star Trek? But I stand corrected. As, uh, <laughs> so does that mean I was right?
1: <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right, Cam. i give it to you. Cool. Give it to you, sir. cool. I, just making sure I got that on audio. So thank you, sir. Made my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> also on the podcast, we have the Trek historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man?
2: Uh, doing good, man. Doing good. Just trying to. Keep my head above water around these parts, man. Um, enjoying the, my first off day in a while. So there's that. And Star Trek is always a part of my off day.
0: That's what's up, man. Awesome to hear. And also on the podcast, we have the Stargate story in Jeremy Barrow. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. I'm Like everybody else, I'm glad to be here. Excited to talk about this. I've got my beer in hand and I'm ready to go. <laughs>
0: Indeed, sir. Well, hopefully, hopefully, something good, good craft beer, you know,
4: something like that.
3: It's look. I don't know anything about beer. I just drink it. This is Red Stripe.
4: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a making beer. Red Stripe. I have some of that in the fridge, man. Right on.
3: right on. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's my first time trying it.
0: Also on the podcast, we have the tech story. Carrie Brown, how you doing, man?
3: Doing great, man. You know, drinking a nice tall
4: glass of coconut water. i pretty good. <laughs> You're such a hippie. <laughs> A hipster, yeah. <laughs> dude. Co- coconut water is severely underrated, even by hippie standards. <laughs> All right, it's wonderful.
2: it's wonderful. I tried it and it was awful.
0: Well, I yeah,
3: just, it's disgusting.
0: I, I just it. had my standard Kroger jug water that I'm.
4: Yeah, <laughs> hello, thank you. Yeah, you know, Ninety eight cents a jug, you know. You know, it's it's kinda like beer, like the first time you drink it, it's disgusting. But if you just like down one, just down one, like after that, it's delicious, I promise you. Yeah. Well that's
2: where I messed up because I I like bought one at Walmart and maybe it was just a bad brand, but like I cracked <laughs> it open, took a sip, I was like, and I tried it again. I was like, screw this, man. Like Why? <laughs> give me a Coke.
4: That's okay. My wife won't drink it either. I understand.
2: But because you said that, I'll give it another try.
4: Maybe it's an acquired taste. It is. It definitely
2: is.
3: I'm not going to make that promise.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get on with it. So uh, we have a contest going. We've started a contest called our Open Channel Patron Contest that will run through the end of next month. A little something to give back to listeners of the show and just Trek fans in general. We're going to be giving away a Star Trek Discovery Season 2 Blu-ray along with a Polar Light Discovery model for the first person who can come up with the best caption for a Doctor Who Star Trek crossover image. You can find a link to the post by going to DiscussingTrek.com or by going to bit.ly slash Trek The Who. If all else fails, please check out the show notes where you can um, find the image and link to the post as well. Again, we'll be announcing the winner sometime later this month. So uh news and updates. Well, two of the members of Star Trek Voyager are launching a podcast called The Delta Flyers. That's going to be Robert Duncan McNeil and Garrett Wayne have announced the launch of their new podcast with a weekly format. The duo plans to rewatch the Voyager series giving behind the scenes stories and details.
3: I'm kind of excited about it. I think it I think it could be really fun. So
1: is this an official sponsored Star Trek podcast or is this them just doing it on their own? I I think it's just them doing it on their own. But I am
0: all about it. I think it's gonna be very interesting. Uh we got to see Robert Duncan McNeil at was it PensaCon a few years back? Yep. And he's freaking he has some good stories. Cause he, he told a few when we saw him um uh, a few years back and it was it was pretty interesting kind of the the things that he has to tell. And hopefully we'll get a lot of those once they uh start this podcast. I'm 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 game for that. I'm Maybe not
2: sure if you- it's a popular belief. Uh, I, well, popular opinion. Uh Harry Kim is awesome, man. I'd like to hear from him.
0: Yeah, Garrett Wang is awesome, man. He well me and you are on on Harry Kim, Garrett Wayne team, uh, but but Jeremy over there, I, I just don't get it, man. I don't get
1: it
3: why you don't like this character. He's freaking awesome.
1: I liked everybody on Voyager stuff why.
3: He just seems to be just like the token whiny, I wanna go home character. Mm. And it just kind of it just kind of he he's always he's always the one who, you know, can't find love. He's he wants to go home. <laughs> why is that? The- <laughs> <laughs>
2: That
3: sounded like me through
4: high school. <laughs> so he's the he's the ten most of the Star Trek universe. Pretty much, yeah. Oh
3: boy! I mean, he he, he had some good moments. I'll give him that. The Captain Proton or <laughs> all those episodes were kind of fun, but awesome. he just just likes to whine, mm. and I just don't. I just I whine it up myself. I don't need anybody else helping me. All right.
0: I guess haters gonna hate. You know how it is. Yeah.
3: I want to drink my haterade. Is it coconut flavor?
4: <laughs> it is not Ooh, with the callback. Okay. Oh man! <laughs> Look at you. All right. So, so I, I have a bit of news. Okay, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, it was a couple of days ago. Um, IGN released this article. Um, <clears throat> uh, talking about uh Jonathan Frakes. He was on IGN's WFH Theater. And, um, cause you know, his di- directorial debut for like movies was Star Trek First Contract Contact. So they like interviewed him and he had like some, there was like a watch along commentary for that. Mm-hmm. Did any of you guys? I, I did know not. About I that? didn't even know about this. Okay. So yeah, he had some, um, <laughs> he had some commentary. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Total> um, commentary. <laughs> so the first thing was, um, so you know, there's kind of a steamy scene with uh data and the boar queen right yeah um so they asked him, <laughs> to oh, ask <laughs> him <laughs> they ask him they asked him if that and the boar queen <laughs> if they did it and he said yes <laughs> what <laughs> I need read that somewhere <laughs> inside baseball um, <laughs> he he also talks about the Riker walk I know you guys probably talked talked about that before right I say it again I didn't hear you The Riker walk, like how in like the series, like he never sits down like a regular person. He like, like walks over the chair. He talks about that. He talks about like how how he wanted to direct Star Trek Nemesis, but he wasn't able to. He also said he will be back for season two, which is I thought I don't I hadn't heard that anywhere. So I thought that was cool. So, yeah, I mean, there's some other things in there. So you may want to check that out. I'll, I'll send you the link. But it's it's an interesting little read. If you want to read through that and they even have a link to the commentary, if you want to do a watch alone.
0: Awesome, man. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. I'll definitely check it out. All right. Well, uh, I think we're ready to move right along. So the question was posed once again, what do you think is the best Star Trek villain? Again, posted by the official Twitter account of Star Trek at Star Trek. They're saying screenshot the bracket, fill it in and share your answers. With the world. But I thought it might be interesting for us to take episode two, fill it out as a team, and see what exactly we come up with. So, so uh, I, I don't know. I really have to pose this question first before we even start getting into it. Like, what is a villain? I mean, how do you really define that? Because I think initially when I in, I had this talk with, with Kyle about, you know, Was the best Doctor Who villain versus, versus Star Trek? You know, I really I guess I'm looking for something more over the over the top. But if you really dig off into it, there's a lot of subtleness with the villains in Star Trek, I guess. Are there true villains in Star Trek? And maybe just in general, like do all the people, these people on this chart, this bracket seem like true villains?
2: So in my definition of a villain. Uh, I would say everybody in this chart would fall into that category uh, to different levels of involvement. Uh, so I kind of equate villain to kind of goes back to middle school when we were in English class reading books and stories. <clears throat> and, you know, you learn the antagonist, protagonist type situation. So, and I've always looked at the antagonist as, or the villain as someone, whoever has an agenda against the hero of the story. So that person would indeed be a villain in my book. So if we're whatever series we're watching, we're, we always have a clear good guy or good guys and whatever or whoever opposed them or was trying to hinder them from getting, reaching their goal, I consider it a villain. And I think everybody in this chart falls into that category somewhere. somewhere.
1: See, I'm going to take a almost the same spin that you just took, but take it just a little bit differently. I I will say that some people in this list will definitely fall into the villain category, but I think some of them will fall into the antagonist, whereas we're looking at it from being with the Federation as the protagonist. They will be the antagonist because of the situational context. And Clarence, I think that goes back to yes. what you were saying as being the difference between the Doctor Who villains. These are more situational type uh, adversaries, not necessarily they're out simply because I'm going to take over the world kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, and I'd, I'd certainly get the sentiment like one, what, teams, unit, groups, countries, hero is another's villain, you know? That definitely holds true here. So I'm just read the definition. I just googled it real quick. A, a cruelly ma- malicious person who is involved in or devoted to wickedness or crime. Scoundrel, <laughs> a character in a play, novel, or the like who constitutes an important evil agency in a plot. So uh, pretty clear there. But well, oh, I want to pose this other real quick question before we just start to break down this bracket. Who has the better villains? <laughs> and this time I'm gonna give you three franchises to choose from. You just pick the one that has the best villains. Star Trek, Star Wars, or Doctor Who?
4: Star Wars. Star Wars. I wow. mean the reason I say Star Wars is because, you know, Jonathan and even um Kyle hit on this, like I see most of the villain the the I see most of the the people in Star Trek as like antagonists, because like I don't necessarily see them as villains. I mean like I'll give you a good example Star Trek. I don't see Darth Vader as the villain. I see him as an antagonist. The Emperor is the villain. Like I mean yeah. cuz the emperor just wants to like see the world burn, you know? Like like Joker in The Dark Knight. Like he just wants to see the world burn. Whereas, you know, D- uh, Darth Vader's just the guy on the other side. Like he he's not necessarily trying to like destroy the universe or take over the universe. You know, he just he's just kind of a I mean, even the minion in some respects, he's trying to like struggle with himself to like become a better person, whatever. But I mean, even like Khan, Khan, like, I don't know. My thing about uh, antagonist versus villain also is that like Khan has a reason to hate those guys. Like he has a perfectly valid reason to not like, like Kirk, Like perfectly valid, you know? Hmm. I don't know. We'll get into it. I feel that way you know, and th- and that was the other thing I was going to get into. Like, an antagonist can become a villain, but my favorite types of villains are villains that, you know, I can look at them and be like, you know what? If I was in
1: that situation, <laughs>
4: I probably would I have done the same thing, you know?
1: Just yeah. some point, I like Dr. Doom. Just saying. Well, Cal, you always like the evil people.
0: You know, so. <laughs> Nothing new there. Say something uh, nice. True.
2: <laughs> I, so, your question was, which series had the which franchise had the most villains,
0: the, the best, or the best? And okay. best I know is uh subjective, but what do you feel is the best villains?
2: Yeah, uh, that's I, I do get. I, I understand Carrie's point. Well, like one hundred percent, I agree. Uh And if you're just going off of strict definition and appearance, I would also go Star Wars. But if you were to Ask me like base, base it off of how I felt like emotionally toward these villains, I would say Star Trek.
1: I think I'm going to have to agree with you, Jonathan. I, I'm I'm sitting here and trying to, in my mind, validate why Davros is so much better than the Emperor. And I am point by point seeing things and I and I'm at a draw. I mean I, I mean I'm at a total draw. So, I'm just going to plead the proverbial fifth on that and not answer the question.
4: <laughs> I mean, another thing you have to think about is like, bef- until recently, Star Trek was like short form. Like, there weren't like overarching villains. I know, like, maybe yeah. like Q, maybe. Like, there were some that were like overarching, but most of them, Bore Queen. But most of these guys are like, like one shots. Yeah, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely a good point. Like, once you get into Picard and Star Trek Discovery, you have. Well, even even in DS Nine, you have a more serialized, and over a bunch of episodes, you have a villain returning. Uh, definitely, is in DS Nine, you have the same thing, and somewhat somewhat in Voyager, I would say uh, as well. Um, but but yeah, it's very different from you know TNG, I think, as well as our Tos.
3: Uh, so I want to kind of change my answer. And I'm going to go for Doctor Who, because I'm remembering the first season of Capaldi's Doctor. The overall arc was. Due to one person, Misty or the Master, yeah. who's been present in one form or another through most incarnations, and I think she's caused the most trouble overall in the long term for anybody, whether it be yeah. he or she. And I'll
0: add, like, as far as like Doctor Who, I think there's an abundance of people of things villains that just want to kill you just because you know they uh, they're just they, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna kill you. Uh, <laughs> There's no if ands, or buts about it. That's just kind of like their entire mission. There's an abundance of that in Doctor Who, which I, you know, I think is a little more nuanced in Star Trek. And um, uh, of course, you have the Emperor in Star Wars. So, but let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start breaking this thing down. Uh, I got the chart pulled up over here. And um let's go ahead and take the first slot here where we have Gorn versus Maj (laughs) Jabin. Now, uh, I'll give a little synopsis. Gorn, the reptilian species that first appeared in TOS episode Arena, in which Kirk fights Gorn on a rocky planet in one of the most, admittedly one of the most iconic fights in Star Trek, period. It really is, even though though it's kind of (laughs) lauded because, you know, (laughs) they have this big, slow uh, dinosaur (laughs) reptile looking thing trying to fight Kirk. But it's a battle of wits. It really is a battle of wits. Kurt outsmarts the Gorn. Looks like a villain off of Power Rangers. <laughs>
2: Stop
0: it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! No! No! He's iconic, man. Okay. And versus Maj Jabbin, uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but this guy. He's kind of forgettable. He was in the um, the Caretaker episode. He was the uh, Kazan on the planet. Janeway made a barter wit for water, and then he shows up again. The Chakotay blows up their ship. Kind of forgettable. But I think we what – what do we think about this round? Who wins this first bracket here?
3: They chose the
0: wrong Maj.
1: Really?
3: Yes. Um, Maj Kola is the one who Seska ended up being with later on in the season. I think probably would have been a much stronger villain than this one.
0: Oh, I agree. <laughs> oh my um, God. I'm watching this fight. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, stop it. He's watching the Gorn fight. Stop it. Stop it. It's iconic, man. Now, I mean, honestly, people do talk about it being comically slow when <laughs> you know, it's the equivalent of the Darth Vader um, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi fight at the end of Star Wars.
1: It, it just doesn't Look good, you know. It's like David oh, Carradine fighting oh, himself or something. That Star Wars oh, fight it's... is so so much better. Now that's no comparison. Come on, yeah, yeah. I don't know. This Star Wars fight is kind of crappy too. Now,
4: I mean, it's not that bad. It's not nearly that bad. Like, but but that, let, let, well, let
0: let me expand a little bit for you. Crap on this fight, uh, and I know I know, Jeremy, you want to talk about uh, the damage, but but this, if you look at, if you watch the episode Arena. It's really an episode about Kirk outsmarting this this Gorn. Uh, of course, Kirk is not as strong as he is, but Kirk emplo- employs a various few things to try to defeat him. And you know, I think it's it, it's not the greatest fight, of course, but I think it it holds up in the sense of figuring out the type of per- person Kirk is, if that makes any sense. And it probably doesn't, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, watch the episode arena, it's it's not that... It's kind of bad, but it's enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's all I got. I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. All right, uh, Jeremy, you made a suggestion on the right Maj they should have chose for this bracket. Who was that again?
3: They should have chose Maj Kola if they wanted to chose a Kazon because Kola is the one who um, Seska ended up being with, and he was able to gain Starfleet knowledge and technology and Cardassian knowledge and maybe a little bit of their technology. In this this first Maj, he's just he was just kind of there. Like our first on, he lost. Yeah that's pretty much it.
0: Enslaver of Kiss.
2: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I do agree. Because uh, because ah Mala would have been a very, very much better selection just just for the fact of I mean if you're thinking of a villain, like he put the most thought into being the villain, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Like Based on the definition of a villain, that was Mala. He 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 schemed to take control of Voyager. No, not for anything else other than to better himself or to get personal gain. Like, and that's pretty much all Kazan. But like, he was the worst at it. Like this other guy, you've seen him at the beginning at the caretaker part, and you know, like Jeremy said, it introduced us to Kazan. But after that, it was not much else that he really did that like worried me. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So
0: I'm going to say Gorn wins this round. Does anybody object to that? No. Yeah. So let
2: me ask this question. Gorn against Javin.
0: Mm, like if they were going against
2: each other, not not even necessarily a fight, but like if they were just scheming against each other, who would be better? Uh, and if you were asking, asking that question, I think my Javin would win.
1: I think so too. And isn't that kind of what we have to do for this? See, I was totally looking at
0: their merits of what we saw on the show, but you make a better argument here. Hit the head. That makes more sense. <laughs> um, You know what? I would say let's not judge Gorn on what we saw in that one episode. He did also, uh, A-Gorn, <laughs> not, the, not, not the same one, but I think it was Star, whatever. Uh, Agorn made an pr- appearance on Enterprise and fought Archer, if I remember correctly. And that was a much better fight, although bad CG. <laughs> uh, I feel it was a much better fight. And after all, the, the the Gorn people did decimate an entire outpost. That's the whole reason they were fighting in the first place. So I'm still going to say Gorn wins.
4: Uh, okay. oh, I, I can't can really, really argue. Like this
3: resource. I'm going to have to go with Maj.
2: Yeah. So as far as like attacking other species or something like maybe Gorn, but Gorn against the Kazan.
1: So, how about this? Why don't we say this bracket is a draw? Because when they fight the next bracket, they're going to lose anyway. Whoever yeah. wins, the next one.
2: <laughs> we got to
1: choose, man. We got to choose.
2: So, let's have a vote. <laughs> Clarence, you're going obviously for the Gorn, correct?
4: I'm going Gorn.
2: Carrie?
4: I'll vote for Gorn because I feel bad for him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Or, no, Cal- All right, I'm,
1: I'm gonna go. You. I'm going to go with what I already had in my image, and I'm gonna go the Maj. Oh. And
2: <laughs> Jeremy Maj. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Maj. And I'll go with Maj as well.
0: Wow!
2: <laughs>
0: Mutiny on our hands. Unprecedented <laughs> upset. <laughs> wow, Maj and wins this round. I did not expect that. All right. Oh, man. This is like a upset from the beginning. <laughs> All right. In the That's next the bracket, age. we have the Borg Queen versus Control. The Borg Queen serves as the central nexus for the Borg Collective. The name was dubbed by Seven's father, Aaron Henson. The purpose of the Borg Queen is to bring chaos, order to chaos. And the Borg Queen can be characterized by her ruth- ruthlessness. In the pursuit of perfection. On the other side, we have Control, Section 31's threat assessment computer gone rogue. Well, at least went rogue in Discovery, embodying Director Leland, as well as others, as a computer program taking physical form in a pursuit to make a more perfect Federation, which unfortunately meant the acquisition of the Karen entity data and subsequent decimation of all sentient life. <laughs> so, who wants to go first?
4: I just Let's, want to say I'm a Star Trek noob and even I know control doesn't deserve to be on this bracket. That's all I want to say.
1: Borg Queen for the win. Mmm. At least in this in, at least in this bracket. Wow. Mm-hmm. This might be harder than I thought.
0: Jeremy John?
1: I'm gonna uh, go with control. Ooh, man.
3: <laughs> so y'all did not.
2: So here here's my problem. Like I mean, right now, we're not really sure. We may be talking about one and the same thing Maybe. here. Maybe. Uh, I st- but
4: I still think they're related, John. I'm with you on that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard. It's hard. With that in mind, it's hard to make a conclusion.
1: But based so, on what we know now.
2: So based on what we know now, I am going, I'm going to have to go with the board coin. Yes. Thank
4: you. Mm. <laughs>
2: I can
4: tell you why, but I don't want to waste time. <laughs> all I, I got to say against the control is it control didn't really do anything. The board called Captain. Cur- I mean, they called Captain Picard. Like, th- is this even a conversation? Like, why? Oh, okay, well, we don't we don't well, know if control
2: going to do anything yet.
4: Well, like I'm not talking about what they might do. I'm talking about what they've done. And up until now, we're going off of history, and they haven't yeah. done anything. Yeah, they've so, done anything. So, so I would put it like this:
0: control.
4: Could have led
0: to all sentient life being destroyed, period. If not for Michael Burnham and crew, so I, I think that's huge. Now, if you look at what actually happened, nah, they didn't. Actually, they didn't actually do that. <laughs> you know, they weren't able to a- obtain the c- entity data, so they didn't fulfill their potential. And in and in that aspect, I still I got to go with Bora Queen too because. Oh. Go ahead.
3: Well, you okay. got. I mean, so emotional. I mean, really, let me look at it, her interaction with Janeway It was seven. I mean, yeah. you can get to the Borg Queen, you can I don't want to say manipulate her, but you can separate her from the Borg itself. And she is no she is not the threat as much as she is when she's controlling the Borg. She is so, the Borg. What are you talking about? She is the Borg. Yeah. But but she is very emotional and can get irrational. And you can play on those to your advantage, which is what Jane Way did.
0: Yeah. I do feel like she'd make mistakes that Control wouldn't, because I mean,
3: Control just wants to eliminate all sentient life. That's it. That's their single, solitary goal. The Borg wants to achieve perfection, and that changes depending on yeah. how they, on who and how they assimilate.
0: This is a much <clears throat> harder thing to accomplish than just eliminating everything, <laughs> right? But you could say the Control was trying to do the same by getting that data, though. So,
2: yeah. So- So I guess my only my only thing would be what will make it solid for me if there were a competitive assimilation game (laughs) like would the board nanoprobes assimilate (gasps) controls nanoprobes or the other way around. And I think that would determine the winner Mm -hmm. because here's here's what the board queen has. She doesn't necessarily or the Borg or she doesn't necessarily have to beat these people in a fist fight or a weapons fight or they just have to assimilate them. And I think the same goes for control. So the point is, if control tries to take over the Borg Queen Queen, or the Borg Queen tries to take over control, who wins?
4: <laughs> but, I mean, I don't even agree with that fight. That's just like saying LeBron's better than Michael James, but like just like saying LeBron's better than Michael Jordan because he could beat him in a fist fight. like it's not who's strongest, it's who's greatest like it's not the same thing
0: mm-hmm. uh, boy, this is harder than it should be
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i I'm willing to go with Borg Queen on that. I'm willing to to say Borg Queen wins this round unless you have any strong objections.
1: Let's go for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll get, I'll, I'll back up. I'll go board queen for, for the sake yeah. of. All
0: right. Well, let's let's go to the next round. I think this one will be pretty easy.
3: <laughs> we have Con
0: Khan, Khan Singh.
1: The room for all eternity.
0: Portrayed by Ricardo Montiblan. First appeared on TOS episode Space Seed, which is a fantastic episode in which, um, Kirk. It's funny because I, I kind of feel like that episode is. Um, if you have like an evil version of Kirk, but just super and better, cause, cause it's really, uh, again, it's like an episode of like wits, them going head to head (laughs) in wits. Uh, you see, you see, um, Khan being very much the player type character that Kirk has been on TOS for the longest I, I just really love that. It. Uh, it's an excellent episode if you hadn't seen it called Space Seed. But then of course, uh, his character makes a, an appearance again in the what many considered consider the best Star Trek movie, uh, The Wrath of Khan. Great movie, versus Adar Ruafo. <laughs> I don't even know what's his name. Ruafo was the leader of a banned group of people, the Sona, and applied to take revenge on those who banished him. He attempted to harvest the Metaphasic radiation in which reinvigorate the sauna. So, what do you guys think of this matchup? Is it even, do we have to talk about it?
1: <laughs> That's like six no. and we, we, we don't have to it. talk about this. <laughs> God. Like,
2: I don't even remember this Rafa, wherever, Rafa Rufio. Who? Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so, I, I think he's in the movie Insurrection from. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, he's
3: in one of the next generation movies.
0: Yeah, so he was he was basically in a group of banished people that wanted to re- come back and reclaim the, this kind of metaphysic, mesophasic energy that allowed the people on the planet to live forever. And they were going to relocate the people unbeknownst to them. And uh, Picard kind of stepped in and saved the people, which, you know, and this is another case of uh, the Federation doing something stupid. <laughs> they were teaming up with this guy. So he was actually smart enough to team up with the Federation. To relocate these people. Um, so, you know, I got to give him credit on that. But still, uh, he he doesn't compare to to the uh, iconic Khan. No. All right. That was an easy one. And we'll move on. So next we have Kai Wynn versus Gaul Madrid. Now, this is an interesting matchup here. Kai Wynn, Bajoran religious leader. First Kai of Bajor elected after the Cadassian occupation. Arrogant, treacherous uh hater of <laughs> Commander Cisco. <laughs> uh and, An and and I guess in the most glaringly um thing that shapes her character, um Sean don't the prophets. She she sought sought the prophets, but they didn't seek her. Um and she was just pretty much uh, hateful of, of Benjamin Sisko because the pro- prophets sought him and entrusted in him and gave him these visions and all the other stuff. And she was kind of left in a cold. You know, someone that was devoted to to the religion, but not seeing the grace of the prophets. So that's that's huge there. And on the other side, uh, we have Gal Madrid.
2: There are four lights! <laughs> <laughs>
0: So man, what what episode was this? Command chain of command Tana command capturer, drugger, torturer of Picard, NFL and tip to uncover Starfleet's defense operations. He employed unique tactics, which he felt stripped his victims of their humanity. Uh, he repeatedly showed Picard four bright lights, telling him there was five. Refusing to submit resulted in more torture.
2: Mm. And he also was part of the, the high-ranking family in Cardassia that helped Gold Dukat, uh gain control. Ah, did he make an
0: appearance in DS9?
2: He did not. He was mentioned. Ducat mentions him as someone that helped him come to power.
0: Yeah. What's, what's interesting about this, I think this is like another one of those moments that shapes Picard. You know, we probably should have talked about this episode when we talked about our uh, discussing Picard series. But that being said, um, I don't know what you guys think. Who wins this matchup? It's a pretty pretty close one. I feel
4: I'm gonna go with Kyle. Win.
1: I'm gonna second that.
4: I'll defer to you guys on this one because I remember the other scary looking dude, but I don't remember him. I remember the other guy, Decad. I don't. I don't know that guy. Yeah. I, li-
2: I, I listen. <laughs> You, you guys all have heard me say how much I hate Kai Wen. So, I'm going to go, like, watch watch ds
4: 9.
2: <laughs> just watch it through one time, and I promise you, Kai Wynn will be your most hated trick character of all. And not, like, because she's bad, because she's so good at being that character. Like, just off of my hatred for her, <laughs> she wins this battle. Um, head-to-head, probably. I think she, she would even win head-to-head. Just... Man, she is conniving. And then she does it in the guise of good. You know what I mean? No, those are
1: the worst. I was going
3: to say, those were the absolute worst.
1: A villain with a brain.
3: She (laughs) orchestrated the destruction of a classroom to prove a point. Right.
0: Dare I say. Dare I say Kai Wynn? It's the Carol Baskins of the Star Trek universe. Oh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> the <Carol> oh <laughs> no. She fed her husband to a line. Oh,
2: man.
0: And I, actually, our friend Matthew wrote in and gave us some good feedback. You know, I kind of questioned, you know, you mentioned Kai Wynn last time as well as Dukat, And he said, I'd say, Wynne is a villain, too, as she is also motivated by her own self-interest and works to undermine the efforts of our heroes. Totally agree with you, sir. Totally agree. Yes. And we'll take that. In, you know, I guess Kyle Wynne wins that bracket, of course. And we'll go right into the next bracket on the other side. And we have Gold Ducat versus Q. Uh, this one is kind of hard for me. And yeah. uh, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and get the synopsis. Uh, Golgotha is the former overseer of Tech, uh, Terek Narr, a.k.a. DS9. The D- cop becomes the leader of the Cardassian Union. And I'll just tell you or re- recant what uh, Ronald D. Moore said about the character, because I think it best sums up the character. I don't think of him as being completely evil through and through. He can be charming. He can be generous. He can do the right thing. All of that somehow makes his evil actions all the more despicable because we know that there was there was the potential in him there in him to be a better person. Ultimately, despite the character's versatility, the is a bad guy, a very bad guy indeed. So that's his description. And we'll talk about Q real quick. Q is an extra dimensional being the extra-dimensional being of unknown origin who possesses immeasurable power over time, space, the laws of physics, and reality itself, being capable of altering it to his own whim. Despite his vast knowledge and experience spanning untold eons, he is not above practical jokes for his own personal amusement, for a Machiavellian and manipulative purpose, or to prove a point. He is said to be amongst, he is said to be almost omnipotent And he is continually evasive regarding his true motivations. Okay, (laughs) this is going to be a good one. I think
1: I I think anyway,
0: Cal, you said I heard you come in a second ago. You didn't you thought this was hands down a winner on this this uh, matchup?
1: Yeah, I I would have given it to Q hands down.
4: Interesting.
1: Interesting. I don't agree with that.
4: Interesting. Q is a D bag, but I don't really think he's a villain. (laughs)
3: yeah Yeah, I agree he's an annoyance but I never saw him as a villain
0: this is what I've been waiting for what about you John
2: okay so uh, you you go about this I agree with I agree with everybody else like just on being a villain Goldacott has that hands down hands down but if we went to a point where Goldacott versus Q (laughs) 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 like really with some with power like Q, he could dominate this entire chart. Like, Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? He, but he that is not his goal. <laughs> yeah. Q was just bored. He was somebody that had a limited power that was bored and liked to play. But I don't think we ever seen an instance where he his goal was to destroy, kill. You know what I mean? Like, he disrupted things, but he wasn't evil. He wasn't. I don't see him as a villain, honestly. He was an annoyance. He was irritating, but he wasn't a villain. See, yeah. this
1: whole concept of further talking into who is a villain, what is a villain, is like disrupting my whole <laughs> chain here.
0: <laughs> yeah, for me, I feel like Q's, Q's mm, antagonistic tendencies are almost philosophical in nature, if that makes any sense. He is... There to challenge the human race. I
4: feel right.
0: he's there to challenge Picard. Now, any uh, most well, almost all of his bad plots don't end up coming to fruition uh, simply because uh, Picard is so good. You know, and crew are able to outsmart him in most instances. Um, but then,
2: so, I think he does. So, here's what I think. Like. I think Picard kind of outsmarts him and surprises him, but again, what I think makes Q not a bad person or villain is because his ultimate goal, his ultimate goal, albeit it's he shouldn't, I mean, he shouldn't have to go through it. it's like crazy what he puts him through, but his ultimate goal is to help, like as you said, to like challenge us, and the challenges boring. in a good way. <laughs>
0: He's he's like the bad person that gets on your nerves, but in doing so makes you better. I don't know if that makes any sense.
2: Like when he put the human race on trial, like it it was crazy that he did it and how he did it, but it was something that needed to be thought about. Like we needed to understand that we needed to know that like the human race and who was being represented by Picard kind of needed to understand where we were, where we came from and our potential of what we could and could not be and how we should I think a lot of things Q did especially in the er, early TNG kind of kind of pushed Picard to take us where we where we went like in the right direction but was like that if a, wasn't for Q we would have been i mean Picard would have made some bad decisions but
1: was obviously. that an unexpected consequence that was a good consequence of him being bored and doing something for his own amusement
2: Mm. I don't think so, because I think his ultimate his ultimate goal was that because he was bored, he took us through, he made him go through all this crap. But whoever controlled him, like whatever this group of beings or their code or whatever it was, was to certain times in the universe, they had to step in and make a change or do something to keep certain things in line or keep. I mean, in essence, they're uh, I guess they're trying to be God, if that's what you want to call it. But I think their ultimate goal was good, but because he was bored to do that good deed, he like played with them.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it, and I I think it also stems from his curiosity of the human race. You know, it's sort of like the doctor in, in some ways. <laughs> um, he has this curiosity with the human race, and he loves to challenge them, loves to interact with them. Heck, he even becomes friends with. With uh, Captain Jane Wayne in Voyager, <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, Wants her to have his baby. Yeah. So <laughs> she babysits his son. All so right. I don't know. Uh, I don't see him as a villain. I just can't see him as a villain. But on the other side, Ducat, and again, I am quote our friend Matthew on this. Uh, as I challenged John a few weeks back, he says, Ducat was was responsible for the death of millions of Bajorans as prefect during the occupation. He played a key part in the Dominion's alliance with the Card- with Cardassia and helped start the Dominion War and tried to destroy the prophets in the wormhole. He's definitely a villain. And yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. I think what's so unique about Dukat, he's he's that charismatic villain. Um, you see the potential in him, but you ultimately know he's still a bad guy, you know, Um and you, you see, you definitely see where he has potential to change for good, but he just can't help himself. He really can't.
2: But I think that's pretty much all Cardassians. So, like, they they all have this swagger about them that kind of makes them likable, you know, villain. You know what I mean? Like, it's a villain you like. Like, I think he did just as much bad crap as Kai Wynn, but I didn't mind him. I like seeing him, but Kai Wynn, I just hate
4: him. Charisma. <laughs> Charisma. There you
0: go. All right. So are we saying Ducat wins that? Yes. Handily. Yeah. All right. So next we have, uh, wow. (laughs) Nero (laughs) versus Cruz. So Nero was a rumbling miner operating in the 24th century and captain of mining vessel Narada. Just think JJ Abrams reboot movie. Now I will say what I find interesting about his character. He plays into the whole time. Debacle, the mel- melding of the new cast to the old cast. If it wasn't for him and his actions, we wouldn't have that. So, um, I think that's cool about him. And he did kill Kirk's father, so he had that too. So, and on the other side, we have of course, played by Christopher Lloyd. Um, he played a major like Back
4: to the Future, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, back,
0: and I can't unsee it. And that's- what? <laughs> Look at some clips online. I can't unsee it, dude. I just hear uh, Doc every time he talks. Marty. But he played, he played, he played Klingon. He played a Klingon trying to obtain the Genesis device. That's Star Trek Three. The search for Spock. That's the movie he's in. Uh, so, um, you know, Great a lot Scott. of uh, what's that? Great <laughs> Scott, Marty. Yeah, so so he was trying to obtain a Genesis device. Um, again, if you watch Star Trek Two, it kind of plays into the whole Genesis device thing, uh, which Kirk's son worked on. Whole story there, um, and <laughs> and he was trying to bring that technology because he saw it as as while they while the Federation wanted to use it as a planet terraforming technology, he wanted to use it as a weapon, and so did Khan for that matter. Um, and yeah, so. So that's kind of where we sit there again. While I think Krook's rendition in Star Trek Three was good, for me now looking back at it, I can't, I can't unsee uh, Doc, <laughs> and for that reason, it it just feels weird. But he does a great Klingon. I'll give that to him. Any any
3: thoughts on this matchup, Nero? I want to say Nero because he just. It has so much anger and anger is a strong motivation for villainy whether it be right or wrong I mean his his hatred for Spock is just has no depths has no ending
0: hey, what's a better motivator than to have your planet destroyed by a Supernova I guess
3: oh. I mean he's I mean he waits for what 30 something years to get <laughs> Spock again yeah I don't know man Either
1: one of these, I could give or take. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of you taking watching it, the clip. So uh, kind of taking. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I
4: was just gonna say after watching the clip of Cruz, yeah, i have forgotten about that. He, he does. He sounds exactly like Doc. Jesus.
0: <laughs> but this predates it, so I, we can't fall for that. But still, watching it now is just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nero for the win, man. I, I like. He was about to fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this courage is so single, like, I don't know. It's it just, he wasn't a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, we lost the Enterprise because of him, but. Yeah. Uh, like, he, he wasn't that big of a threat, really.
0: Wasn't it directed by Leonard Nimoy? It was. I want Okay. Huh. All right. Well, let's move on. We'll say Nero wins that round. And then next we have Shinzon versus Narissa. Shinzon was a clone of Human humans. Okay, story.
1: you don't even have to read all of it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm gonna go with Jonathan there. Shinzon, hey.
2: <laughs> Shinzon. It's like we don't have to know. Nobody wants to <laughs> take us. Nobody wants to take us for
0: the Tal Shiar Colonel Narissa. Nope. He could nope. say that
4: bang nope. quote to her, and then that would be it. <laughs> <laughs> Shinzon, it is. He adopted the darkness. <laughs> it's molded by it.
0: And next, uh, I think this was the easy one too. We have Doctor Saren, Doctor Tolian's Sauron versus Dolom and I don't even remember Dolum. He was on Enterprise. He was a Zindi military officer in in um, Enterprise. I do nah, not that. remember him at all.
4: <laughs> he should get an L for being on Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Yeah, I agree. That that <laughs>
2: wow,
0: that show was not that bad.
2: Like I see Dolum like progressing through this bracket. Pretty Dolomite? <laughs> Not Dolomite. That's, it, I see Dolom progressing <laughs> through this bracket. I
4: don't know, man. If he got those karate moves like Dolomite, he might get soaring. He might get to <laughs> <of> his money.
2: <laughs> way down.
4: Okay. Listen,
2: this guy... I'll just give you two examples of why I'm going for Dolom. You're I'm, serious? I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Let's hear it. Oh, oh, okay. Number one... This guy's son was born with a deformity and couldn't serve in the Zindi military, and he killed it. He killed his son because he could not serve in the military like his father, Mm -hmm. number one. Number two, he was the main push for this weapon that actually killed millions of people. They released this weapon in Earth. And like cut a swath through a swath through Florida that killed millions and millions of people.
0: Did he kill Trip sister?
2: Yeah, and he's doing it again. That was just a test run. Wow! How did I remember this guy? This was a whole season. I mean, a whole uh, yeah, it was a whole season arc. The Zendy
4: episodes, Doomsday Whip and Yawn, <laughs>
1: Enterprise like, John.
2: His hatred for <laughs> Earth and for humans, man, supersedes anything. I,
0: I, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I got, yeah. I got, kind of got to go with you, man. Because when you think of uh, Sauron, he's pretty much just want to get back to the Nexus. You know, okay. if he, if he could do without killing anybody, he'd do it. But that's pretty much his motivation. So on that aspect, I, I think you win on this one. Anybody else? Okay, John.
3: You? I just got three words. Sauron killed Kirk. No, like, oh, Kirk killed himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. <laughs>
2: So this is just, okay, so just to prove why Sarn, Sarn wouldn't be on this list at all, when Picard got to this little planet to stop him, he could have killed him. He really could have. Yep. But he didn't. Like, he shot the rocks to try to make them cave in on him when he was coming through, but it was just for the reason that he didn't want to be stopped. But even after that, like, he could have really just killed him. He could have killed everybody. He could have killed Data or... Jordy LaForge when he was on the ship when he's getting the weapon. Like he could've he had the potential, he had the capability and the room to kill everybody that was involved, but he didn't. He just wanted to get back to his Nexus. Like yeah. he was not a villain. He was just obsessed with his which I guess most of villains are obsessed with their goal, but he didn't go through he wouldn't do anything to get it.
4: That just like, means he's lawful evil. <laughs> oh, here we go. Instead of chaotic evil. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> uh, well. I, I'm, I'm just staring the pot, John. I agree with
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have our... Should we go and this? The rest of this should be fairly quick since we've already explained what most of these guys are. So in the second round, we're going back. We have Maj Jabin versus the Borg Queen. Who wins that? Borg Queen. Borg Queen. Queen. Yep. And in another matchup, we have Con versus Kai Win.
2: Con. Uh, Kai Win. What? <laughs> God, what?
4: John really hates that woman.
2: <laughs> I don't even have to have a, a, a like a justification. I will go with Conway. Y'all can outvote me, and that's fine. But on principle, I'm going with Conway.
1: Okay, I got to give you for sticking with your principles.
0: God <laughs> wins. Next matchup, we have Golden Cut versus Nero.
1: The Cut. The
0: and also, we have Shinzon versus Dolom.
2: Shinzon, Shinzon, Shinzon. I'm still going with Dolom. <laughs>
0: uh, so I think he, uh, Dolom and Shinzon's um, motivations were very similar. I I do love the
4: fact that
0: Shinzon is a clone of Picard and portrayed by uh, Tom Hardy, which I think is freaking awesome.
4: I think you just have to go with him just just for the fact that he's evil and he's a clone of of Picard. Like, forget all the other messed up stuff he did. Like, that just makes a perfect villain, doesn't it? Agreed.
0: Shinzon it is. And in the final four, we have Borg Queen versus Khan and Dukat versus versus Shinzon. Who wins out of the Borg Queen and Khan? Borg Queen
4: I'm
3: Borg Queen.
4: I'm going Con, and the only reason I'm going... I'll explain this, and this is something... Which I guess the same thing can be said about the Borg Queen. You know, it was a it was a villain that jumped from the TV series to a movie, which yeah. the Boar Queen did as well, but Khan did it first, so I gotta go with Con.
0: I think I think the Borg Queen... Did the Borg Queen start in the movie and jump to the TV show? Yes. No, yes, she, she did. Did she? Oh, yeah. she? She was, was in the
3: movie was, first? Yeah, yeah she, was so. the, she was in the movie. She was in First Contact first. Then oh. they... Used,
0: Oh, which is cool as well. That is very in, cool. Which she was portrayed by a different actor up until the finale of Voyager.
3: She uh, was, was Alice, Alice Cridge, I think, played her in the movie and the finale. And they had somebody else play her for the other other appearances. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to
0: say Khan. And the reason why we didn't really talk about this, but Khan and his group of genetically engineered uh friends or uh brothers and sisters they like supposedly took over like half, uh, a third of the world um they even mentioned it in the episode that they were all like a bunch of mini uh napoleons conquering everything
2: well let me squash that by saying there was an episode where the Borg queen took a <laughs> Borg a boer cube and went back in the past and assimilated earth
1: <sighs> how dare you
2: <laughs> <laughs> like my so, half the world like the whole world
0: so Khan was instrumental and his people were all um were the catalyst for World War 3 eugenic wars
4: i mean honestly you can't go wrong with either one of these guys seriously they're both bad a bad a so like flip a coin honestly i feel like they both have weight <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Khan laid in the cut for fifteen years. Kirk banished him to a planet, and he wait laid in the cut, waiting. I don't know.
2: Man, but the Borg Queen assimilates worlds and species. Mm. So inter- yeah, I got to have Borg Queen. Not just Earth, like species, entire species.
4: She's hmm. like the Covenant on on Halo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but she can't be too smart, cause she always get defeated. So <laughs> for all of that.
2: Well, Khan was defeated. That's just one man.
4: I I do like the fact that like Khan left him like to <laughs> die, like like Kirk left him to die. Like I that, like, there's just something about that that just that that whole like juxtaposition was just like awesome. So I don't know. I still go with Khan, even though I really like the board queen.
0: It's the ultimate revenge story. So cool thing about this movie, and we'll move on. But. Um, the director that they got to direct the not wasn't really a Star Trek fan, so to get ready for the movie, he watched all of TOS and he saw wow. that story and he thought this story was so awesome to set up for a movie that he wound up they eventually wound up making a movie about that, and it was originally called the Rathicon. I mean the uh, revenge hmm. but it would do several iterations but
4: it's all about revenge,
0: and that's what I love about it
4: Everyone loves a good revenge story, man Indeed so where are we at? <laughs> what are, what, what's the count?
0: <laughs> I, I vote con. Show of hands, I vote Cun. Khan. Khan. Khan.
2: Queen. Yeah.
0: Khan wins. wins. On the other side here, we have Gul'dakot and Shinzon. Uh, any arguments on who's going to win this?
4: I've stated okay. my reason for lacking Shenzhen, but it, I don't know if he's necessarily more sinister than Dakot is. So I'll leave that to the experts.
2: I'll say go with because he's more creative. Uh, I second that one.
4: I said Goldcott for many reasons
0: too and 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 you know we talk about the first season <coughs> of card and the first uh couple seasons of discovery having these villains that expand you know the length of the season. Goldcott was there much like I went he was there <laughs> through the entire run of d s nine and I just think that's awesome to itself to have this reoccurring villain um to keep showing up. In, in having a lot of character growth, man, a lot of character growth uh, mm. across the years. So I, I I think you just have to choose over versus on. Hmm. Yep.
2: I like that. Here we
0: are in the finale, guys.
2: <laughs> well, just going back one step, the, the Board Queen showed up more than come at this standard.
3: What? <laughs>
4: <laughs> John is salty about the Board Queen. <laughs> the Board Queen win.
2: <laughs> the Cun had an episode at a movie. The board Queen's been in a movie in like five episodes.
3: Cunad had two episodes or two movies. Okay, we see. Let it go, John. <laughs> All right. I
2: digress. I
3: digress.
2: Kyle Williams should be in this somewhere. What? <laughs> okay, go ahead.
4: I'm sorry. You just want your DS9 and Enterprise people to be at the (laughs) end.
0: (laughs) Hey, man, we already got a DS9 on one side, man. Come on now. All
4: right, okay, I digress.
0: Here we are for the finale. Khan versus
4: Dukat. I gonna go with Dukat. I know who John's going to vote for. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I
1: think I got to go with Dukat, too, as well, to be honest. Based on the arguments that you guys have just made, I'm going to make that a third for that one. Ducat.
4: Even though I like Khan more, I am I will vote for Dukat. It's not necessarily about who I like. <laughs> John? Clarence? I'm Dukat. Yeah, you knew that already.
0: Though. I'm going to stay with Khan, man.
4: <laughs> I can respect that. I really All, like Khan, too. Also, I'll just add this.
0: The reintroduction of his character was part of the thing that helped to spur the movies to keep going. You know, after the first one bombed
4: so bad, it it um, was really bad. Yeah.
0: (laughs) and (laughs) and, 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 and It is really sort of like, think of the second season of discovery. They really tried to make something that was was more true to what the television show was in in the second movie. And I think they hit it out the park and it was a catalyst for all the movies going forward, at least for the original crew. Um, you know, with the third movie playing directly off of what happens in the second movie. So <sighs> I guess I'm beating around. I still want to say con, man. I don't know. I think it should be kind of,
4: I mean, I'll, I'll say this, like the second and third movies, like I don't really like any of the other, there's like, one is isn't one that like, they're like trying to find whales or some garbage and like, yeah, that's five. like it's like, these are the only two movies that I could rewatch the second one and the third one. The mm-hmm. other ones I didn't like. Of the original, the original cast anyway not counting generations I'm talking about like the ones before that I like generations
0: all right well I guess I got beat out on this one um pretty handily here <laughs>
4: <laughs> John Wins got his revenge in the end <laughs> the revenge of Jonathan
2: <laughs> let me get my bill in that like. <laughs>
4: So, John, I take it your your final four would be Borg, Queen, Kai, Win, Dolem, and Ducat. Agreed. Well, you're, if nothing, he's consistent.
3: <laughs> what? Okay. It's really tipsy. Popping uh, bottles. Popping bottles over there. Oh, it's just the empty beer bottle that uh, being knocked over, reaching we'll from a coffee.
0: That's <laughs> the championship celebration.
2: And that's how you know you've had too much.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've had one, sir. I've just had one. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So I,
4: I have a question. I have a question. This yeah. kind of ties into this. Yeah, Who, go for it. Who is not on this bracket? Because you guys know way more about Star Trek than I do. Who is not on this bracket that should be on the bracket? Interesting.
3: Whoa.
0: Oh, man. I don't know his name. What's the name of the What's the Equinox? What's the name of the crew that the Voyager met in Delta, Delta Quadrant with the rogue captain?
3: Captain Ransom. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would put
0: him on there. I would put... I'm trying to think of somebody from TNG era. Oh.
3: Uh,
0: it's actually a lot of people you can put from TOS. To be
4: honest,
3: Sesska on the list.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah
3: Sesska. Yeah,
4: I agree with that. I agree with that. Shouldn't the guy from Discovery, the captain, the fake captain, shouldn't he be on? I feel like he should be on there more than Control. Lorca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lorca.
0: Yeah, Lorca definitely should be on there. He was a great villain. You can so, even say the the synth. Well, uh, not this Well, yeah. I guess it's hard because well the. I guess are always a villain so I would have put O before I put Narissa on here to be honest. Yeah. Cuz O infiltrated the Federation. Yeah, was like a a freaking yeah. commodore.
4: She was more of a villain than Narissa was, I feel like. So I know who we left out that I think should have been there. You know uh, what
2: I'm Lore. The, fa- the founders? Lore. Lore. Yeah, the founders?
0: Yeah, the founders. Lore. Uh I what's know. the what's the um what's the other group beside the the founders? Um the Tetrisel right.
3: The Jim Hadar, Hadar, yeah.
0: Well the leaders for the Jem Hadar, what were they called? Oh, the Vorta. Vorta, yeah. The Vortica. I guess yeah. DS9 got so many, man. Oh gosh. It's it's a plethora
3: of villains <laughs> on DS9. <laughs> I, and, I think the Videans should have been on here too. Who's that? The Videans. They're the ones who had the phage that harvested body parts from ever from all the different species so and yeah, they could keep living. Yeah, Voyager had some good ones that
0: kept returning as well. Um, the Herogen species oh, yeah. 8472.
2: Oh, yeah, that should have top Voyager, although they weren't necessarily a villain,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that that goes back to motivations because they were really, uh, I guess later we find out yeah, that, that the Borg yeah. invaded their space, the fluidic space. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more that were tentpole in D in uh, TNG. TNG,
2: uh,
0: there's there's a lot you there's the um. The was it season two? You had the worm things that tried to take over um, Starfleet. Worm things. The the parasite things that crawled up in your
4: neck. You know. know (laughs) Thank you for finishing that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: you know. (laughs) Hello. I think we talked about it. Ah, I'm throwing a blank. yeah, we could we could go on, but but I stand. I want to admit right here, I stand corrected. Star Trek does have plenty of villains.
2: Hey, I, what was that on TNG? That was TNG, wasn't it? I think they had like the monster that was going around the ship they couldn't kill.
0: The monster they couldn't kill.
2: The uh gosh, it was the uh what was it? No, it, no matter of fact, well, they, I guess you couldn't count that. You remember when Worf was transformed into
4: some kind of monster or something? Why do I not remember that? Oh, gosh, I gotta Google that. <laughs> One thing I'm a little depressed about, though, is like, is Christopher Lloyd really the most formidable Klingon villain in Star Trek? Like, there's no. nobody more dangerous than him.
2: The uh, Dumas sisters will be more sinister than he was. I don't know. If you look up. Uh... Or Takuvma. Yeah, that's T'Kuvma. a hard question.
0: Did you read that somewhere, here? What? That he's the most sinister. Oh, you're talking about because he's on his chart. Yeah, he's the only one on the chart, isn't he? Yeah. I don't think any of these other guys are Klingon. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like there would be a more sinister villain than him.
4: Has there never been like a, 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 a movie where the big baddie was Klingons? Yeah, three, the one that he was in. <laughs> wasn't he like a lackey, though? He wasn't the main no, baddie, was, was, oh, was guy. Oh, he was? Yeah, Kirk
0: kicked him off a cliff at the end. He's, he sounds like a lackey. No, Kirk, him and Kirk had a showdown. They Drop had a, your weapons. Oh, oh, yeah. That's something else I want to mention before we get out of here. So in the in the Space Eat episode, Khan uh, Khan and Kirk has one of those iconic Kirk fights, which was great. You can tell it was a body double on some of it. The dude looked nothing like Kirk. And also on the the um, Search for Spock movie with, with, with um uh, Christopher Lloyd. He, he they had another one of those showdown fights and Kirk winds up knocking him into a pit of fire at the end. <laughs> it's great. It's great I stuff. Gotta go yeah.
4: like, I got to go All back right. and rewatch that movie. It's been so long since I've seen it. I just, I guess I just don't remember it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. this so is parts I remember.
2: <laughs> Not to get off topic, but because I said it and I had to figure it out, what I was talking about, Clarence, you wouldn't count this as a villain by no means. It was a episode called Genesis from TNG, and they like Barclay has some kind of infection, or I think he has some kind of infection, and uh, Doctor Crusher injects him with some kind of T cell treatment, and that ended up spreading around the ship, and what it did was activate the everybody's dormant primal primal yeah. And so, go figure. You got Warf. His primal instinct was some kind of big, huge monster that was tearing <laughs> down doors. And
0: oh yeah, that was a season seven episode. Wow, yeah, I don't remember this one. Yeah, I season go back seven one,
2: episode yeah. nineteen. Actually, it was directed by Doctor Crusher Gates Mcfadden. Really
0: <coughs> interesting. Very Doctor Citric episode. All right, uh, well, guys, I think we've killed it. Um, golden cat is the winner we'll submit our results to twitter and yeah we've done it and hopefully this episode is listenable <laughs> <laughs> we will see once i start editing but let's wrap things up guys let's go around the horn and see what everybody's been working on podcast related or otherwise and carrie we'll start with you man
4: um yeah so tune in to tech Pedition. we're back and we're having a good time so you know we normally record, I believe, on Thursday, so usually over the weekend we release the episodes. Um, so check us out. That's all I got.
0: Yeah, stay up on tech. Check us out, techpedition.com. Uh, Jeremy, what about you, man?
3: So first I think I'll be betraying my my other franchise if I didn't say that the Wraith from Stargate Atlantis are also formidable villains. Oh, um, okay, okay. And you know, I just got to gotta throw that in there. Um, I started watching a new show on Netflix called The Last Kingdom which is, I guess, a Viking era show, which is really, really kind of really good, really fascinating. So if anybody's into historical action drama, that's a good show to watch. And that's that's all I got. That's 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 where I am.
0: All right. What about you, awesome. Cal Jones?
3: I would say anybody that
1: is a fan of Doctor Who to check us out at discussing dot com. And we need to make
0: that Doctor Who bracket. And we do. it I
1: was thinking about that. That would be yeah. that would be fun. We
0: have done a top five that's villains that's in, in on our episodes before, but it'd be nice to be interesting to hash out something like this. Indeed. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Jonathan you know, Shores, man. What about you, dude?
2: Um, not much, man. Just uh, living life. I did start a, I guess you would call it a video cast, podcast type deal with uh, my real estate company, Exit Southern Realty. Uh, we call it Real Insight. And basically, we are me and another guy that works with us. Uh, we're interviewing local business professionals, political figures and important people about different topics in the real estate atmosphere and just general business anywhere. Um, so we'll look forward for that. Uh, we have a YouTube channel and Facebook. Look it up as Real Insight. Uh, hopefully we have a web page pretty soon. Uh, and we should be doing an interview with uh, Representative Joy Feeling Gang here soon, so that'll be good to see.
0: Awesome sauce, man. Awesome sauce. And if you want to catch up with me, you can please head on over to DiscussingNetwork.com and check out all the shows that I'm on. Also, uh, again, please check out the contest that we have going. Uh, We have a few responses there so far. Uh, So, um, you know, it's wide open. Go ahead and check it out. And we have a couple of pretty good ones. So... (laughs) Um, check it out. Leave a response, your best caption for the Doctor Who Star Trek co- crossover image, and again, the winner gets a Star Trek Discovery season two Blu-ray as well as a Polarite model, Star Trek Discovery model. So you know, good stuff there. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you guys for joining. Again, leave feedback at fans at discussingtrek And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Hey guys, it's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreach.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the warp zone arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of tmnt fandom check Shellheads
2: out on apple podcasts spotify or your favorite podcast app for more details visit realitybreached.com discussing network